The, pre the predictions that occurred on Locked On Wildcats yesterday have come to fruition today. What are they? Let's get started. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Yesterday, we talked a lot about recruiting and what it was going to mean going forward. We've got, obviously, some news on that that we're going to get here to very shortly. We're going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk a little bit of next year's roster construction. We're also going to talk a little bit of the NBA draft. Obviously, that's coming up in two days. And as you all know, Arizona's got a few prospects in there as well. So we're going to get to all of that. But first... One, some of our big section seven takeaways from yesterday were there would be offers that would be going out for U of A Wildcat, or excuse me, for prospective U of A Wildcats. First and foremost, yesterday, Dedon Thomas, point guard out of Las Vegas, he got a U of A offer. And I don't know that that's necessarily a surprise to anybody. As we talked about, he is a player that 100% looks the part of a top 50 type point guard. He's a good kid. He comes from a good background. He's a little on the small side, but he's quick. He's shifty. He can get where he wants. He's a lefty. I'm partial to lefties and he can pull up from three. He can get to the lane. He can do a variety of different things. So did Don Thomas earned that U of A offer yesterday. Still no word on Zoom Diallo, but the other point guard, but we will certainly keep you up to date on him. Then Cody Williams from uh, Gilbert Perry High School, another kid that we talked about in depth. Arizona had the entire staff there. Arizona's watching him, and obviously he made the impression that I think a lot of people thought he would make because he came away with an Arizona offer as well. Now, what does this mean? This means that when Arizona offers a kid, they think that there's a very good chance they're going to be able to get that to get that prospect. And I think with Dedon Thomas, it's a little bit earlier. He's a 2024 kid. We'll see how that all plays out. But along with Carter Bryant, those are obviously priority players right there. Then Cody Williams, you've already got two five-star or high four-star type players in the class. You now have the possibility of being able to get another uh, player that maybe isn't quite that highly ranked, but he's close enough to where you look at it and you say that he could be a McDonald's kid if everything works out well. Probably won't, but he's right there. And when you look at his brother, when you look at his upside, he certainly has that kind of potential. So again, we're going to keep you all up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to those two. But wanted to just let you know first that commitment or that uh, offers are out. Arizona doesn't offer kids again that they don't think they can get. So obviously Arizona believes that they have a legitimate chance of landing both of these players. So again, we'll keep you up to date on that. All right. Now we're going to talk a little bit NBA uh, coming up here and shortly a little how the U of A works, but we're also going to talk now about the roster construction for next season. A lot of people are obviously bummed 
for a variety of reasons that we're going to talk about with the NBA draft coming up here. Christian Coloco, Dalen Terry, a lot of people didn't see them leaving. They're obviously in the NBA draft, so we'll keep you up to date on that one. Okay. But the newcomers on next year's roster, we need to talk about a little bit more now because Tommy Lloyd talked about how Courtney Ramey and what he expects from Courtney Ramey and Cedric Henderson Jr., obviously the transfer from Texas and Campbell Campbell University. Ramey's going to play and Ramey's going to start, I'm telling you. I don't have any inside information on that, but I think it's fairly clear that when a coach says, I'm invested in a player's success, when you bring a fifth-year guy over from Texas who's been a starter, who has played for a long time, that certainly is uh, that certainly is an issue, or not an issue, but that's a factor that you got to play in there, and you got to play in there big because he's definitely going to play. And I think that he fits Kirk Creasa absolutely perfectly. We've talked about this before, and I think the one thing with Creasa is you wonder what exactly is he going to, what exactly is he going to be able to improve on that side of the court? Is he going to be able to get? To the point where he is a lockdown defender? Probably not. But if he can get to the point where he is at least marginal, and then you have a you have a shutdown guy like Ramey right in there as well, then it becomes a lot easier for things to be able to work out for you in your favor. So I think Ramey's going to take a lot of pressure off Kerr, especially on the defensive side of the court. He can also do some things offensively as well. So again, uh, and then Cedric Henderson, again, not telling you again, don't let the uh, name, don't let that confuse you in the least. He thinks, I look at it and I think that uh, that, uh, Cedric Henderson won't be able to replace what Dalen Terry could do, but I do believe that he's going to be able to replace some of the some of the loss from a physical athleticism perspective. Yes, he's going to be. I don't want to say equivalent to Dalen because nobody's really equivalent to Dalen there, but he's he's passable for sure. But he's also a next level type. He's a next level type. Uh, glue glue guy and that's what you had when you had dale and terry was that next level glue guy so um he's going to come in he's going to compete with cedric henderson immediately or excuse me he's going to re- compete with pella larson immediately for time and we'll let you know how everything plays out right there but those are two really nice really nice pieces that uh, arizona added to the puzzle now a couple of the pieces too that just wanted to hit on again that are also nice pieces to the puzzle that you could almost count as new. First is Adama Ball, kid out of France. He was 17 and a half when he entered Arizona. In this day and age, you get a lot of kids that are 19, that are 20, that are still in prep schools. He did it the opposite way. And Tommy Lloyd talked about how he wanted to, you know, get, he wanted to keep him, play him slow at first, you know, make sure that uh, every, that Adama was doing everything the right way. And then as the season went on, take the training wheels off. And he took the training wheels off at the end of the season. And Lloyd said, you know, with the way that he played, I probably even held on to him a little bit too long. But either way, you got a coach that can freely admit that, which is always a good thing. So again, Adama Ball, um, probably going to be in that row, probably going to be in that mix. I don't know that it'll be a starter, but he's going to be in that mix for 25, 26, 25 minutes a game probably somewhere between 15 to 25. 
If you watch him too, you can just tell that his best basketball, and this is a phrase that a lot of people like to use, his best basketball is in front of him. And it is in front of him. He's very raw still, but he's got a world of potential. And I think the more that he can get with Chris Rounds, the more that he can work individually with Tommy Lloyd, you're going to see a player that is possibly going to be able to push out NBA potential. That's the kind of guy that we're dealing with right here. Now, some of the other guys that are going to be coming in here for the first time, Henry Visar. You need to talk about him again real quick. Big man out of Estonia. He's been on NBA radars for quite a while. He's been on NBA scouts radars for quite a while. 6'10", probably about 210, very skinny, but very skilled. Kind of your typical European player in that you watch him and you know that it's going to take him probably a year. I think a lot of people have these unrealistic expectations for him that he's going to come in and that he's just going to dominate immediately. I don't really see that one happening. I think he's more of a nine and six type player and there's nothing wrong with having a nine and six type player. And then as a sophomore, I think you're probably looking at 14 and eight, 15 and eight, something like that. And he's maybe off to the NBA. That's ideally how it works. But again, you guys got to remember, especially when you're dealing with these guys. Yes. They have international experience. They played against professionals, but they're still going to be adapting to a drastically different game and a game that isn't easy for a lot of people too. You're going to be, there's a lot of cultural differences, obviously. You're going to be learning academics in a different language. So again, it's an adjustment period, but something that he, I think he will be fine with. As Tommy Lloyd talks about, he's got a lot of experience with this. So I would, tr- I would trust Tommy Lloyd, same way that I would trust him with Philly B. That's what we're going to call him right here. Six foot eight, uh, big wing out of, uh, wing out of uh, um, obviously, Eastern Europe. He played against lower-level competition, but as Lloyd said, you can tell what you can tell. And right there, it's six foot eight, the way that he can step back, the way that he can get into the lane. He's an impressive talent, and his feel for the game is right up there. So – Again, you don't actually – I don't actually look at him and say that he's going to have to sit out this year or he's going to – he's going to be able to play. There's just a lot that I really don't know, and there's a lot that everybody else doesn't know. We'll keep an eye on him, obviously. But one other player, too, that some people are down on but I am not down on is big man Dylan Anderson, also coming in from Gilbert Perry High School, 6'10", 240 pounds, uh, Lloyd mentioned that he was up to 240 pounds, which is fantastic. Not a great athlete, but a decent enough athlete. He can duck in. He's got some real skill to him. Basketball comes somewhat easy. He's not super stiff and robotic. Again, I don't expect much to I don't expect much to change with him. I don't think that he's going to play a ton this year, but he's going to play enough that I think by the time he's a sophomore and a junior, he's going to be an issue. So those are your newcomers. Those are the recruiting news, obviously, that we wanted to get to right there. Big time for Arizona Athletics. And I would expect more offers to be coming out. Heck, when we're back with you tomorrow, we might even be talking more offers. So we'll talk about that when the time comes. But one thing that you don't need to worry about that's always going to be there is the Bet Online Sportsbook. What's absolutely great about Bet Online Sportsbook is that, first of all, it's easy to navigate. You get a lot of people that are overwhelmed by these betting sites. They don't know, you know, all right, here, what do I do here? I've never been on before. Bet Online Sportsbook is very simple. You go there, you look for props, you look for odds. It's all delineated perfectly right there. And then it's fairly easy from there. You, uh, you look for your futures, you look for whatever. But remember, 
The it's been around for a while. It's not going anywhere. It's one of the most trusted sports books in the world. So if you're looking for a place to invest some time, you're looking for some place to invest some money, check out the Bet Online sports book. Uh, it's it's really where you want to be. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. Okay, now we're going to talk NBA draft here coming up. NBA draft is always a big time for Arizona fans. Uh, it's an exciting time. It's a little bit annoying because I think most fans were hoping that this Arizona team would be returning some of the players we're about to talk about. But you know what? That means that they outperformed expectations this past year. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, it's obviously good for the player. In big picture, it's good for the program. So let's talk about the latest scuttlebutt right here. And obviously, Ben Matherin was the player that um, is certainly stuck out for Arizona last year. At about 17 points per game, can get pretty much wherever he wants on the court. He's a three-level scorer. He can score from the three. He can get to the mid-range, and he can also get to the hoop. He can do a little bit of everything. There were a lot of questions last year as to, you know, what kind of player would he be coming back? Would he be able to go from just being a set shooter and a driver to being able to create his own shot. Matherin obviously heard those questions because he came back and he showed that he could create his own shot, which made him much more appealing to NBA types. Now, where do we see him landing? He's going to go anywhere from that four to 10 range in that you don't really want him going to the Sacramento Kings who have the fourth pick. At least I don't mainly because I want to see him do well. I think the main concern that a lot of people have is if he goes to a bad franchise, will he just get lost in the mix? And I think that's a very valid concern right there. Um, he's not a no-brainer, no-dud, no matter where you put him, he's going to be good. He needs to have some good coaching, obviously. So I'd like to see him fall maybe a little bit just for his own well-being. I'd like to see him fall into that, maybe that Spurs range right there. Go to a team that wasn't great last year, but you know you have a good front office that is totally invested in you as a player. But generally, you're looking at Ben Matherin, and he's probably going to be in that 4-10 to 10 range. We'll certainly keep you up to date on that. We'll have another one out here shortly. Draft is Thursday. Obviously a big deal. Okay, then Christian Coloco. Coloco, I think, had – well, Dalen Terry as well. But Coloco, I think, had a lot to gain by coming back because on NBA draft charts – He's generally looked as a late first and early second round pick. Coloco's better than that. Coloco should be a Coloco should be a top 15, top 18 pick with the way that he can impact the game defensively and with the way that he certainly showed that he can prove his hands are better. I think the one thing you worry about is will he be able to catch a lobs at the rim against other NBA caliber bigs? I don't know that that's necessarily going to be one of his strengths, but defensively, he's great. He's going to, he can operate in space. He can block shots. His thing is he's going to need to be able to become a three-point shooter and that I don't necessarily see him becoming a rim runner type. He's going to be need, need to be that three-point guy. And if he becomes that three-point guy, then you're looking at a player that you can play him a lot because defensively he's fantastic. And if he can be a stretch the court type, you're looking at a player that could be a perennial starter. Um, right now, uh, another this is another situation where fit is important to him. You'd like to see him maybe go to a team like the Miami Heat, where they have the ability to 
where they have the ability to, you know, play him, show that he has the potential to play, you know, get him in the G League, wherever it takes, and get him back and forth. And by the time he's maybe 25 or 26, he can be a contributor. He's not ready to be a contributor right now, but he certainly has that potential. All right, we're going to get to Dalen Terry and what all this means here in just a second, because there is a really big meaning in all of this. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, Dalen Terry. A lot of people shook their heads when he declared for the draft, keeping said this is a guy that averaged eight points per game last year, and heck, four of them were on dunks. And, you know, it was kind of a jack-of-all-trades type. But the NBA, as we've talked about this entire time, the NBA drafts on potential. And when they see a guy that has the uh, – when they see a guy who has the ability to – get better, who is just barely scratching the surface. That's what they're going to be intrigued by. The further you check out Dalen Terry, the more you realize, oh gosh, this guy really is six foot eight. He can handle the ball and he's a great kid on top of that. However good Dalen Terry can be in the right franchise is how good he'll be. You're not going to ever have to worry about him not working hard. You're not going to have to worry about any off the court stuff. Um, but it's going to take him some time, obviously. I mean, you just look at the improvement that he made at Arizona this past year, and he was a drastically different player from his freshman to his sophomore year. I give Tommy Lloyd a ton of credit in that. I don't think Sean Miller really had any idea how to use a player like Dalen Terry, where you basically, you know, you need to fit into my system, stand in the corner here on offense, and we'll try to do other things for you on defense. Tommy Lloyd is a different coach in that regard. Tommy Lloyd wants his guys to get out and run, and it's more about accentuating the positives, not the negatives. And that's what he was able to do. But Dalen Terry is probably going to be a mid first round pick. Uh, this was the ultimate situation of where the more NBA scouts, I think, checked and, you know, poked and prodded. They realized that, man, this guy's a lot better. This guy's got a lot more potential than maybe his statistics indicated. So Terry is another guy. All three could easily go in the first round. I'd be fairly surprised if Dalen Terry didn't go in the first round at this point. Um, Christian Coloco's kind of, I could see that one going either way, to be honest with you. Um, but you're looking at having multiple first-round picks, which is a great thing for the University of Arizona. One of the things that Lute Olson could always sell people is, you come here, I'm going to get you into the NBA. And it was a assembly line of point guards for the longest time, from Steve Kerr to Damon Stoudemire to Mike Bibby to Jason Terry. I mean, every single year it seemed that whoever was running that point was probably going to play in the NBA. Heck, you look at the wing positions. You got Gilbert Arenas. You got Sean Elliott. You got Chris Mills. You got Andre Iguodala. You got Michael Dickerson. You got Richard Jefferson. Kids want to see that stuff. And Lloyd being able to come in and put three guys in the first, put three guys into the NBA's first round after only being here one year is going to be a impressive and an easy recruiting pitch. And you know, I'm not breaking any news here, but it's also easier to sell a kid after they see that. Oh yeah, that's what he was talking about. You know, uh, look what they did last year. Look what they're looking to do this year. Kids want to play in the NBA. They want to play in a fun style of basketball. Tommy Lloyd accommodates all of that. So the NBA draft, sure, you might be a little bummed that some of these players aren't coming back. But remember, though, the best thing for Arizona is the recruiting pitch that we can put you into the NBA. So root for Ben Matherin, root for Christian Coloco, root for Dalen Terry, because this is probably going to be the start of a, in a long line of 
players that are going to be able to play in the NBA and a recruiting pitch that Tommy Lloyd's going to be able to sell. All right, we'll be back with you. Ton of NBA draft coming up. I would imagine we're going to have more basketball commitments to be able to talk about here shortly, uh, or excuse me, basketball offers. Um, this is going to be that week, but thanks so much. You have been listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast.